Biff Bam Pop presents. But I now fear the coming of each night, each full moon, for the horrors that it brings me. It began one week before, and when it shall end, I fear I will never know. Something boiled up within me. An unearthly force tore my mind apart. Tore my mind apart. As my human mind slipped away, I felt the horror. And now your host, E.A. Henson. It is Biff Bam Pop's 31 Days of Horror. I'm joined by Andy Burns, Sachin Hingu, and Jeffrey X. Martin. Uh, what we're going to do tonight is we're going to go ahead and count down or just uh, talk about our must-watch horror movies for the Halloween season. Uh, Andy, what do you got to say? Yeah, no, hey, it's great that we are uh, we are all together. Uh, I think the last time we were all together was Christmas time. We always do our little uh, Christmas hangs. Then we always say we're going to do more of them, and now it's Halloween. Um, but yeah, it seems like, a, like it would be fun to look at what this kind of motley crew of horror fans like to watch around this time. Um, especially because uh, between Sachin, Jeff, and myself, I am the wimpiest uh, out of all of us. These guys in our, in our personal conversations have the stomach for horror that I just don't. I'm, you know, I'm like PG-13 at the uh, maximum, really. Well, these guys are hard R and X, you know, in terms of in terms of the stuff that they watch. So, so it seemed like um, like it'd be fun for all of us to get together. And because if you're if you're a horror fan and like so many of the folks that come through Big Fan Pop, especially for 31 Days of Horror, if you're, you know, this is the greatest time of year and where you know, it's not like if you're a horror fan, you're watching horror 365. Um, but especially this time of year, it's like it just seems instinctual to put on something to watch. And I know for me, I've always got, um, you know, over the years, I've had a couple go tos. Um, and this year, I established a new one. So that that's kind of what, uh, you know, what we'll talk about today. And I mean, I don't know if uh, I feel like you know. I feel like Sachin should kick it off, <laughs> and I do that because he's just got the freaking most. I don't know, man. It's extreme. <laughs> like, you just have a stomach for stuff that I I find amazing. <laughs> I I like to think of it as an open mind. <laughs> I I ah. will I will watch anything once, and and I did purposefully um uh not pick things like a serbian film because i was saving that for you i, I figured that was going to oh, be right. yours oh, um, yeah. <laughs> but um uh no i mean I, th I think um i yeah i will watch i will give almost anything a chance sight unseen um uh whether i go back to it um is is uh is a different story um uh, but i don't i don't um when i, when I was thinking about like stuff for this time of year, I was thinking about stuff that 
more that like I would show to other people during like mm. Halloween and that kind of thing. Is that so like I an endurance go... test for other people? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, how far can you get? Right. Like, I, I, you know, but when I'm, when I'm picking stuff like that, I would like to retain my friends uh, and, <laughs> and not have people rampaging out of my house. Um, that being said, um, the, the one that I, I went with is a movie that I don't just watch at Halloween. I watch, I watch, um, throughout the year, at least once a year, probably more than once. And if you've talked to me, um, about horror movies for any amount of time, um, this is definitely going to come up and it is, um, 2002's May, um, by Lucky McKee. Um, It is uh, one of my, not just one of my favorite horror movies, it was my, one of my favorite movies altogether. Um, it is, uh, um, uh, I, I would say, easily makes my, my top three. Um, I can turn it on at any time of year, um, and, and it's always a good time. Um, it is, uh, so it was from 2002. Um, it, is, uh, it stars uh, Angela Bettis. Uh, Jeremy Sisto, uh, Anna Faris, James Duvall, like some like really good, like kind of, you know, not lesser known, but like especially like in Anna Faris's case or in like James Duvall, like pretty well-known actors, but like kind of earlier on in their careers. Um, And uh, so the tagline. Is that James Duvall from, uh, is that James Duvall from Donnie Darko? Sure is. Yeah. Wow. Okay. One in the same. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's this interesting motley crew of, of, uh, folks that, that pop up in this movie. It does get extreme, I would say, like it's, it's gory for its period. And, and it was like right before, um, the sort of like French extremity of it all. And like Eli Roth and, and all of that, it's like kind of just getting into that period, but, um, but I think that the tagline of the movie kind of sums it up. It's, it's if you, if uh, if if you don't have any friend, if you can't find a friend, make one. And basically, it's about um, uh, Angela Bettis as as May, who's a veterinarian, and um, she she has a lot of trouble making friends. She's like super socially awkward. Um, she tries to approach people, and and it never goes right. She's she's kind of got. She's got like a lazy eye that that people people seem to fixate on, um, and and she really doesn't she doesn't make friends easily. But she she kind of amasses this this group of acquaintances, sometimes lovers, sometimes friends, um, and and like gradually she has this obsession with with um, a doll that she thinks is talking to her, um, and dolls in general. And uh, she she. Um, she she has these these uh, friends that that she's she's trying to build these relationships throughout the movie that none of them go right they all kind of think that she's kind of a freak and basically it's uh it it uh, the sort of the climax of the movie is her taking pieces of all of these friends and piecing together her perfect friend and and um uh, I think it's very in its way it's very fucked up but it's also sweet. So, uh, um, uh, and I think, I think that's what, that's what kind of works for me is that it's, it's, uh, it's dark, but it it is kind of like weirdly endearing in that way. And it, it sort of, sort of walks that line. So, um, and, and for my money, I, I mean, I don't, I don't have to like detail it here. I think it is the 
best ending of any horror movie that I can think of. Um, uh, it, it absolutely sticks the landing. Um, yeah. In, in, I mean, for my money, it is a, a flawless movie. Um, uh, and it's got, you know, not, not just, uh, um, uh, weird fact about the movie. Um, one of the editors on that movie is, is Rian Johnson of, of Rian Johnson fame. Um, uh, Wow. Uh, and uh, yeah, like super, super early before he was doing anything really. So uh, yeah, it's it's and and editing is I think is is a big part of it. It's like I mean, in all ways, it's about like cutting together the best parts of <laughs> of your life. So yeah. Now now, how did you uh, did you discover the movie? Because I've seen it before, but I saw yeah. it on I wouldn't say basic mm-hmm. cable, but like premium cable here. And uh, this was this was a fairly blind vhs rental at a uh 2002 probably would have been blockbuster or either either that or like my other local independent video store it wasn't recommended to me by anyone um it's got a really like kind of eye-catching cover which is probably what what drew it to me but yeah, it's, uh, it's just yeah. her face isn't it yeah yeah, yeah exactly and it's like kind of she angela bettis has these kind of like piercing eyes that kind of like it's like the uh um, it's like the, the box is kind of staring back at you, but, um, I can't, I honestly can't say what, what drew me to it in the first place. It was just sort of like a blind pickup at a video store, which is, I mean, it's not something that happens anymore, right? No, it's really, video stores, right? it's a, it's a lost so, art, like, yeah, the, uh, yeah. getting something based on the box art alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But check me, check me if I'm wrong in the film, mm-hmm. doesn't she have sort of a lazy eye? She does. Yeah. She does. Okay. Yeah. So. Just another thing that makes her yeah. stand out from the crowd and be on the fringe is that she has this kind of visible, yeah, um, one of one of the eye, yeah, mm-hmm. one of one of many things that that people seem to like, kind of fixate on, and she, uh, she, she, uh, 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 just just can't form relationships, or or when she does, they find something messed up about her, like a dead cat in her apartment or, uh, um, you know, various, various other things that, and, and you really kind of like feel for her that she, that she can't form these relationships, uh, until she, until she kind of snaps, <laughs> I guess you can say. And, and, uh, um, yeah, it's, 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 I wouldn't say it's like a slasher movie. It's hard. It's really hard to say, um, like to put it in one of those sub sub genre boxes, you know what I mean? It's, there's nothing supernatural about it per se. I mean, you could, you, there's some argument about the end, uh, but uh, uh, it's uh, yeah, it just, it just, every part of it works, works for me. Um, it's the uh, awkward white yeah. girl and her monster. Yeah. Yeah. It very much is. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's may. Um, uh, and, and I would, yeah, again, it is. It does get gory at 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 parts. Um, it's certainly not the most gory movie I've I've seen or or uh, um, would recommend. But it, it is. Uh, um, uh, it's it it walks that line. It it's sort of like, and it, and I think it 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 really works as like a a kind of a crowd pleaser. Like you can you can kind of like I find my my most frequent reaction to that ending is like kind of laughing. Um, uh, uh, involuntarily <laughs> at it, like out of out of like, what am I watching? Kind of thing every time. <laughs> so I've never seen this film. Mm-hmm. 
can I can I handle it? I think you very very much yes. can handle it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It depends on your Jeremy Sisto tolerance, but if that's pretty high. <laughs> I like Jeremy. That, you can that, deal that with might be that might be the most most difficult hurdle to get over is is the Jeremy Sisto of it all, and he's very Jeremy Sisto in this movie. But uh, uh, yeah. Oh, he's swarthy. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Solid choice. Uh, who wants next? Um, Jeff, you know what? Andy. I'll, I'll go. Right. I'll go. So. I, I I've kind of picked a little bit of a trio. Um, All right. And one of them is uh, is a totally new one, and um, it's Werewolf by Night, which is the Marvel special presentation that aired last year that I really enjoyed, and that I just rewatched because they've done this Marvel or Werewolf by Night in color version. I haven't watched and it yet. How did it fare uh, getting? Because I feel like adding color really, to it really, would. It didn't lose anything for me, hmm. um, and so I really enjoyed it. And, and one of the things that I that I liked about it is as as sort of as a pretty Marvel zombie, or I'm going to say right now, kind of like a former former Marvel zombie since the whole Phase Four thing has been semi really kind of a bummer for me. Going back and watching Werewolf by Night, enjoying it last year because it was so different, and then watching it again this year, I had a real appreciation for, one, how different it is from everything else that is coming out of Marvel, and two, that it really has this, that kind of, you know, it's not Hammer, which I grew up watching, you know, like in the 80s as a kid, but it's got that vibe to it. Uh, you know, just sort of like a very classic monstery kind of feel to it. Sort of, you know, it's playing in that sort of you, you know, Universal Monsters Hammer, Hammer Films kind of vibe. It's its own thing, and it, you know, but it 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 just kind of recalls that. It, and I find that that's really hard to find these days. Um, I'll say one it, thing about and it the color doesn't version, uh, it doesn't lean on on the black and whiteness of it all to like cultivate those hammer vibes like in 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 the color version does it still kind of have that feel yeah it ab- it absolutely does you know and the reds are pretty red you know mm. and but it's a, i i also do think that it, it actually it, a lot of it is the story which is kind of like it's a fun self-contained need to have watched 30 other movies or anything to sort of get the vibe and it's you know it's 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 the Mar. It's the MCU, but it's sort of adjacent since you're dealing with monsters. You know, it's sort of it's got a little bit of the maybe WandaVision, Doctor Strange, multiverse uh, madness kind of vibe because you're dealing with monsters and more supernatural. But it 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 kind of it feels like its own thing. Um, it it felt throwbacky to me to when I was a kid, which I enjoy, and you know, I just really enjoyed like putting it on. And feeling like okay, so I'm getting a little bit of a little bit of the comic book fix, but it's it's more like you're dealing with monsters. Like having Man Thing in there is really cool, and he's a sympathetic monster. Um, having um, you know, the character of Jack, you know, becoming the werewolf. You know, like these are sort of like the kind of like the classic monster tropes done in in the Marvel world. But I I really dug it. Like it feel. It was nice to go on and say, oh, I feel like watching this again and getting something out of it. And, you know, 
we grew up, I think all of us did, on like those Halloween sort, sorts of specials that would air once a year, right? And now with, you know, streaming and the YouTube and everything, it's like, and I know that I could go watch Werewolf by Night a million times a year if I wanted to, but it felt kind of special thinking, I'm going to watch this for Halloween. And I feel like we don't really get that that much. You know, when we would grow up watching sitcoms and you would have like the Halloween episode, right? And maybe you would get in reruns or something. But there's there was just something special about it that, you know, I sound like old man on your lawn, but it, it was very different growing up where everything wasn't easily accessible and, and watching Werewolf by Night had that vibe. And that kind of ties into my regular, you know, my second of sort of three things. And that's um, it's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, and I know that it's not a horror movie, but that <clears throat> I don't know how how it felt for you guys watching watching that growing up, or if you even watched it that much. But there are elements when I was a kid to the Great Pumpkin that felt creepy, um, super scary. No, but just the like, you know, the most there was some the, some the, menace the, to it. I, I really think of when um, Snoopy is the World War One flying ace and he's kind of going through the the pumpkin patch and everything. It's like he's like a man on his mission on his own. And it's like that it just had that sort of element to it. Um, so I love watching that. And I watch it with my daughter every year. I At this point, she's a teenager. So I drag her out of her room to watch <laughs> it. But I'm like, I'm like, this is what we're doing. We are watching the great pumpkin and, you know, she acquiesces to me, which is which is appreciated. And then in terms of films, um, the one film that has really become my tradition every year is um is House of a Thousand Corpses. That is um that is my go-to. And that sort of like what you were saying, Sachin, about May. I'll watch it during the year, too. But every Halloween for the last couple of years, I throw that on. Because to me, it's like, it's twisted good fun. And I remember, man, I remember seeing that in the theater when it came out. And all the sort of hubbub about how violent it is. And how grotesque and how like offensive and like whoever it was, I think Universal didn't want to release it. And, it, you know, Rob had to shop it around and all this stuff. And there's some moments in it still that are, you know, that are, are creepy and scary. And you've got some like violent shit going on. But compared to so much of the stuff that came afterwards, it's, it's tame, quaint, right? Like, it's quaint. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and even I the stuff that, that he was, did afterwards, right? Like it's, I mean, he only just built absolutely. on that, right? You yeah. leave Lords of Salem out of this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Lords of Salem is my favorite Rob Zombie movie, and I'm not. I will, I will, I'll like sort of, you know, I don't know if I'll die on that hill, but I'll certainly stand on it. <clears throat> Excuse me, but I will say, House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, it, it's, it, you know, to me, it, it is, it, it's got the Halloween vibe, right? It's got the Halloween vibe and it's, it's fun 
in a really twisted kind of way. And I mean, look, I know, um, you know, if you're not into if you're not into horror, you might have a hard time sort of like it's it's not quite The Shining or it's not quite The Exorcist. Well, I mean, in The Exorcist, we could talk about The Exorcist, <laughs> but we won't because I know we all have opinions on it. But I, I, I do I do just find um, there's it, House of a Thousand Corpses gives me a lot of like the Halloween vibe. Um, it's become less horror to me and more of the, the vibe than anything else. But I also think, you know, um, Rob Zombie to me is, is a very, for what he does, there's no one quite like him. And for most of his films, they feel very, you know, of a, of a individual voice and an individual creator. Um, and, you know, the only film I haven't watched of his is The Monsters. And I have zero interest in seeing The Monsters. <laughs> it was um, fun. Was it really? Yeah. It was. It was fun. Okay. Well, you know, I for me, it's like I, I'm not – it had no appeal to me. But going back and watching House of a Thousand Corpses – couple years ago i went and rewatched halloween's one and two and i had a whole new i've always liked the first halloween he did i didn't like the second one until it kind of hit me in a certain way and i wrote about it on the website about you know around the time that halloween 2018 came out i had a newfound sort of appreciation for it but if out of out of all of rob zombie's films house of a thousand corpses is the one that i go back to the most because it's got, you know, it's got the violence, you know, but enough that I can handle. Um, but also just sort of like, it's it's fun and there's like, you know, he created an enduring Halloween horror character with uh, with Captain Spaulding. Um, and not every, you know, not every horror film has, has something like that. And uh, it just, for me, really holds up on rewatches. So that's the, you know, those are like two, you know, one newer pick. One, you know, traditional since I was, you know, a wee babe. And then uh, and then in terms of films, yeah, for me, it's Best of a Thousand Corpses. Very nice. Very. I nice. think I think it's interesting, like, talking about the Halloween vibe. Like, it's, like, and what that means to each of us. Like, whether it's, like, a movie that depicts Halloween. So there is a, like, the climax of May does take place on Halloween. And there is, like, a costume element and, and all of that. Obviously um great pumpkin is is halloween in every aspect of it but um um i'm interested in in what makes a movie like a halloween movie like i if if we're talking horror movies like why is why is like um i don't know like a trick or treat um that the anthology horror i mean obviously that does depict halloween explicitly um but like why is that different from like hereditary which is not a halloween movie really it's a horror not at movie, all, yeah. it's not a, it's not a, not a halloween movie i wouldn't say um yeah i'm interested in that like why like what makes what is the halloween vibe if not if not literal halloween i is think it's something the... go ahead go ahead jeff i was going to say i think it's the evocation of the season mm. of things getting darker um, yeah, the leaves turning and falling, the plants dying away. There's a certain mm -hmm. 
aura to that, that sense of everything is just sinking away. Yeah. You know, and of course, you know, in the season cycle, it, yeah. it comes back in the spring, but for a Halloween film, if you can capture that sort of sensation, mm. then you're doing really well. Like a harvest kind of reaping <laughs> situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, and the color scheme is, is definitely a big part of it. I think, color scheme I, think for... I think House of a Thousand Corpses even, even, uh, uh, plays on that a little bit, right? But uh, absolutely, what you yeah. does. nailed it there with, with the color scheme, especially. You know, it is very House of a Thousand Corpses is very Halloweeny, vibrant. You know, in certain ways, you know, like but sort of in a ghastly kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's got you know, and, and I also it's you know something you know Halloween is is. I don't know. It feels fun to, to me personally. It feels fun in a different kind of way, right? And maybe it's because, maybe it's because it's a time where those of us that love horror films, you know, in like, in, in whatever way we we absorb them, um, you know, that's, that's something like, like House of a Thousand Corpses, for instance. That I don't know. It gives me. I don't want to say it's not joy because it's not joy, but it's some. It it just it can feels. Be. No judgments. Yeah, no judgments I, here. No, but it's, you know, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's like a, a lot of it in that film. Still, you know, you know, it's less. Um, you know, I've seen it a bunch of times, and it is less. <clears throat> excuse me. Let, let let's say less extreme than lots of other films. Mm. I still get that. What am I seeing here? Right? Like, what is you know? I sure. it, and I think that in some ways makes it very, that might make a Halloween film as well. Um, like a SEMO film. Um, but you're right, because it's hard to like, why isn't Hereditary or yeah. The Witch, you know, a Halloween yeah. And there's film. clear Maybe like because... Christmas horror exists. Like there's a huge burgeoning yep. genre of, or subgenre of like Christmas horror, holiday horror, you know, that kind of thing. I don't know if like, J- Jeff, you have more of an encyclopedic knowledge that, that I do. I don't know if there's like an Easter horror out there somewhere outside of like maybe a, a segment in an anthology, but like, That's yeah, there's, like, yeah, there's, yeah, there's like the East, the Bunny Man, right? Master, yeah, sure, Easter, yeah, uh, Christ Vampire Hunter, something like that, sure, yeah, Passionate but like Christ, clear, right? clear delineation between something, <laughs> 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 the yep. scariest movie we've mentioned so far, but, um. <laughs> Um, there's there's like a clear delineation between like other season horror or like middle of the year horror and Halloween horror, right? Like it's yeah, yeah. I, I think Jeff really hit the nail on the head with hmm. uh, it being evocative of an autumnal tone. For me, it's always mm-hmm. uh, you know wind, uh, dark night, wind blowing through the cornfield or trees yeah. that have no leaves on yeah. it. Uh, mm-hmm. That color palette with lots of earth tones and orange and black and uh that's what does it for me that's what makes it a halloween movie and you you dialed right in on trick-or-treat which is one of my favorites yeah <laughs> I, I i didn't realize andy was going to pick three i was like agonizing between those two <laughs> as to uh, as to what my pick would be but uh yeah yeah i had that one in my back pocket uh <laughs> jeff what do you got for us well first of all i just want to say that i think the creepiest thing about it's the great pumpkin charlie brown is Linus's absolute blind devotion to an invisible being who may or may not exist and his insistence on proselytizing the rest of the Peanuts gang and forcing them to believe. I mean, accurate. 
There's an alternate version where it ends up exactly like Hereditary, where he's like in in the (laughs) treehouse. It's like the color out of space. That's how it ends. Um, Having said that, you know, normally around Halloween, we just watch old Disney animated movies, you know, Lady and the Tramp. Mm-hmm. The Aristocats, if you're feeling Terrifying. particularly creepy, yeah, just awful. <laughs> no, um, yeah, no. Actually, every Halloween season, without fail, we watch Jeff Lieberman's Satan's Little Helper from 2004. Mm. I guess it's a cult classic. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Rolling Stone listed it as like one of the movies you can't unsee back in 2018. <laughs> so it's not it's not super obscure. But I don't see a whole lot of people talking about it, and that's weird because it's never really heard of good. it. I guess people just forgot never about it. Never heard of it either. Oh, you're kidding. Okay, mm-hmm. allow me to elucidate. Um, this movie's about a nine-year-old kid named Dougie, and Dougie is obsessed with a handheld video game called Satan's Little Helper. And the point of the game is you're assisting Satan in doing just bad things. You're like, you know, kicking kids down the sewer. or pants on them or whatever but you have to do these things before god sees you and stops you so in the game god is the big bad which is perversely funny (laughs) so in the movie it's halloween and dougie spends the entire film dressed up like the classic red devil okay now dougie's sister jenna comes home from college and she's brought along her new boyfriend and this really really upsets dougie because that indicates an irrevocable change in their relationship dynamic you know so he's very upset about his big sister coming home with another dude that's that's not him um their mother dougie and jenna have a mother played by amanda Plummer. she's she's a she's a loon but she's great she just takes everything in stride but she can't really comprehend uh, just how upset Dougie is by this new guy's presence in Jenna's life. Now, at this point, everything's pretty hallmark, but it gets real twisted real fast. Um, Dougie goes wandering around the neighborhood in a petulant funk, and he sees somebody arranging their Halloween display on the front porch. They're like moving a body from, you know, into a chair and kind of arranging it with a straw hat and everything. Um, This person is wearing an awesome, I mean, super awesome demon mask, long white hair, horns, black cloak, wide grin. It's it's, It's a great outfit. So Dougie believes that this person really is the devil. And psychologically, he is set up to think that because of his devotion to the game. He's ready to be an acolyte this is his moment so dougie asks the person if they really are the devil and without saying a word the guy in the demon head just goes just nods his head okay then dougie asks the devil if he will send his sister's boyfriend to hell and satan nods in agreement again because the guy in the devil Mm -hmm. mask Mm -hmm. is a serial killer and the body he was arranging on the porch was the owner of the house slit throat just sitting there on the porch no one's gonna know their dad it's fantastic now look i'm a huge fan of jeff lieberman's work and i don't want to go off on a tangent but i'm about to he made a movie in 1977 called squirm have you all seen squirm Uh, i haven't seen i haven't seen squirm (laughs) squirm is about Squirm is about bloodthirsty killer worms that attack a town in rural Georgia. I've, Squirm is one of the best Southern Gothic movies I've ever seen. 
It's got nuance. It's got symbolism. And it's a movie that I return to frequently. My God, we have the 4K on, from Shout Factory. It's amazing. <laughs> Satan's Little Helper has that same kind of depth to its script, but it mm. deals with, you know, totally different subject matter. There's no screaming worms. There's no repressed maternal lust in Satan's Little Helper. Instead, it's this weird exploration of, of good and evil and how innocence is corrupted and the nature of deception. But it's wrapped up in this cocoon of incredibly dark humor, really well-plotted situations, and good performances. It, it, it doesn't wrap things up nice. It's not given to you in a package with, with, with a bow on it, but it's satisfying. <laughs> it really makes you wonder what is going to happen next. So, yeah, it's spooky, it's bloody, it's funny. We love it. We watch it mm. every year. So, there you go. I love that. I'm, 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 I'm that. told. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to, yeah, I'll watch it. That was really good. Yeah. Is, it, uh, is it currently streaming anywhere? Like, where can we find it? Oh, gosh, let's find out. Um, I'm pretty sure it's on Tubi or Pluto or something like that. Oh, fantastic. Have you guys noticed while you look, I, I've been, all the movies I've been watching lately have been on Tubi. Yeah. Like Tubi yeah. Is like really, Tubi, really good. Tubi's Tubi, really popping off. Out of all of the, uh, out of all of the, the streaming services I have, and I have several, um, Tubi is one of the few that I can like blindly throw something on and I will almost always have a good time. They like also it. have a lot of uh, independent stuff on there, like mm. a lot of almost uh, outsider yeah. art type yeah. stuff. And mm -hmm. a lot of Giallo, a lot of old Italian Lots. stuff. Yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, let's see. You let's know what I saw that's on there? I saw that, and I've never seen it before, and I'm going to watch it, is The Believers. Have you guys seen oh The Believers? God. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, wow. <laughs> I don't think so. But, oh, that's the, yeah. You'll, you'll never look at your coffee maker the same. <laughs> I love inanimate object horror. It is, <laughs> it is, it's, it's a guilty pleasure of mine. <laughs> it, looks, it looks like Satan's Little Helper is on Prime Video okay. right now. Okay, all right. I will definitely oh, have to add that I to the uh, mm -hmm. yeah to the list. We got a list, and we're checking it twice. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, so uh, Eric, guess... what about you? Uh, you. I am. I came to horror late in life because i was a, i was a soft child you know scared by everything uh you know just didn't really uh you know didn't see all the classics until i was probably in my late teens or early 20s so uh i've kind of found my own way and sachin brought up uh trick or treat i have that one in my back pocket as one of my favorites and it's very that movie is really kind of a it nails the Midwest vibe. I think it takes place in Ohio. So, you know, close to Michigan. Uh, and just, I, I'm a sucker for an anthology movie. So I really hope and pray that we're going to get that sequel. They've been promising for the yeah. last decade. <laughs> yeah. It seems to pop up every couple of years and then recedes and comes back. So, yeah. yeah like he did really well with uh, Krumpus when that came out. Mm, yeah. Yeah. But he had just gotten out of director jail from uh, Superman returns. Cause he got right. thrown he got uh, thrown in there after uh, he wrote yeah. that movie and it tanked. Yeah. But my choice is, it's kind of an outsider choice. I don't know if I've written about this for the site before, but I've got it here. It is the WNUF Halloween special. I can't really get it on Very camera. Very nice. Very so, nice. Choice. Yeah. All right. So you guys know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't. Yeah. Nope. Yep. 
Okay, so no. uh, the WNUF Halloween special, it was uh, it's billed as the infamous 1987 live broadcast, and it takes the place of a found footage kind of uh, VHS recording of a local news station somewhere in the U.S. Uh, where they're investigating a haunted house, and it has everything in there. It has uh, commercials that they shot for uh, the movie itself, and... I was, if you go into the movie completely blind, you may not know that it's all a put on. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. sorry to ruin it for anybody who hasn't <laughs> seen it, but. Damn it, Eric. Yeah. Movie's been out for a while now, um, <laughs> but it's, it's just, a, it's it's amazing that uh, it's got all these little new segments and it really just is, it nails a place in a time, I think. It's because it has the whole 80s satanic panic vibe to, to it. Um they did a a sequel more or less um that came out recently and i'm the name is escaping me right now but that one takes place in the late 90s instead of uh have you seen it jeff i haven't i don't i didn't know about that i haven't seen the sequel yet i knew about it but i haven't seen it it, it's a pseudo sequel i think it maybe airs on the same fictional network uh but it it's uh takes place in the late 90s and it kind of apes the uh Ricky Lake talk show or sightings oh, that, no was, way. that was popular <laughs> yeah. at the time. That it's one, the, it's called the Out There Halloween Mega Tape. Yes, really, that's, yeah. that's what yeah. it is. It's it's worth checking out. I wouldn't say it's one that I would. I may return to it every couple of years, but again, they do they do really well with nailing the tone of, you know, that place and time. I was uh, a real sucker for sightings, which aired on Fox here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. But uh, the WNUF Halloween special is my pick just for it really took me back. I'm a sucker for nostalgia, even though it's kind of a dead end in a lot of respects. But uh, I went all in on it. I got it. I showed it to a couple people back when I got it, however many years ago it was, and didn't tell them it was fake. (laughs) And all is great. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, you just you kind of buy into it all the way up until things go off the rails at the very end. And I also bought the uh, the vinyl LP, which the character, uh, the the news reporter Frank, I think it, he has a, it's like a Frank whatever spooky stories. They put out a vinyl yeah. a couple of years <laughs> after that. So it's just it's a phenomenal piece of kind of uh, yeah. I, I don't even know if I could call it horror. It's just like Halloween nostalgia. Hmm. I'm gonna so go that, watch it. You guys have given me so much to watch. <laughs> And well, one of the other it great things about like, it. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say it kind of sounds a little like Ghost Watch, don't which know is that. something else that I do tend to oh, watch. Ghost Watch. It's nowhere Must near watch. as serious yeah. as Ghost Watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, you know, tongue oh. is firmly in cheek. Yeah. And yes, one Ghost of the... Watch does not have its tongue in cheek. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of the great things about this is part of the. Uh, the process they they shot the movie they put it on vhs and then they went ahead and degraded it they made Mm. a dub of a dub of a dub yeah and then so it looks you know real authentic and then i guess they uh put some like hand labeled vhs tapes and they left them at vhs swap meets and they were hoping Mm. that people would find it that's awesome and and you know like because they're they're hoping to blair witch it yeah sure but that's almost impossible now and with the tapes that they distributed, nobody ever picked up on it. Nobody ever, uh, <laughs> you know, picked up an unmarked tape and popped it. And, uh, you know, cause it was, they were hoping to kind of build like a uh, word of mouth thing around it, but it never panned out that way. Mm-hmm. So, 
I'm going to watch it. And so, you know, next year we'll all have to get together with the movies that we haven't watched Mm -hmm. and say how how they affected us or didn't, because maybe no one's going to be affected by the great (laughs) pumpkin Charlie Brown again. (laughs) Dude, we watch Murders for fun. Yeah. Yeah. and deathmatch wrestling and, and all oh my God. nothing nothing is gonna it, it takes gonna, a lot st- it takes a lot i'm gonna stick with my scooby-doo have you guys watched <laughs> mystery incorporated it's really good it is really good i will say i wish i wish there were more like opportunity to watch some of these in a theater like i've never seen may in a theater um uh i i it sounds to me like the um uh the vampire one um sorry the, the name is escaping me because the uh i have no short term memory anymore uh andy your pick the uh um werewolf your by first night. pick werewolf by night yeah sorry not vampire yeah. at all um yeah. i i feel like i would i would enjoy that in the theater especially the black and white version yeah. same thing with uh, trick or treat because that yeah. went direct, that went direct to dvd uh, I did actually see Trick or Treat at a festival here oh, in a theater. Awesome. Um, but uh, um, yeah, uh, for for most of the others, like they, you, there's really no opportunity to see those like on a on a large screen unless you can kind of somehow jig it up yourself. So yeah. So. And I kind of think I don't know if that would. <clears throat> do you think if you would have saw May at the theater initially that that would have changed your perception of the movie? Uh, yeah, it's hard, yeah, it's hard to know. Yeah, like I mean, just the way I came across it, like completely cold and and completely by chance. Um, I think that that probably um adds to the experience. But I mean, you know, knowing what it was and 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 um, it's absolutely held up for me anyway. Um, I I would love the opportunity to see it in the theater now. But as as far as like if I'd seen it the first time, yeah, I don't know. I was a different person in twenty. 2002 i think in I think terms we all of like seeing seeing movies in a theater right like it, it's uh um i was maybe more um uh so selective i guess <laughs> uh uh you might you might say like seeing things in a theater but um yeah i don't know but uh um i can say now i would i would love to see it in a theater um yeah, there's been I, I kind of feel the same way. I, I, you know, for all the sort of talk about streaming wars and everything like that, one of the great things I found about streaming is finding some horror stuff that I really enjoy. That you know, I really, um, I really love the houses that October built, and I mm-hmm. found those via streaming. Uh, and I really like both films or Hell House movies that I mm-hmm. think are you know I really really like those. Um, and I think I told you guys, I just watched, you know, the fourth one's coming to shutter. I think it's either the end of this week or, or for Halloween. And it was, it, you know, I'm an easy scare as I think everyone here knows. Uh, but that's one of the reasons that I like horror. That's why I get disappointed if I, if I watch a horror film and I don't feel scared because it's not that hard to scare me, especially I'm a sucker for jump scares. Um, and you know the latest hell house scared the shit out of me which is great but i've found those films via streaming would i and that's one of the great things that i think because you know we are inundated with there's so many films being made now that 
would we have a chance to see everything that we want in the theater? Um, sometimes yes, sometimes no. I mean, like, look, today, both The Exorcist Believer and the and Saw 10 are out streaming now, right? So, like, there's, or they're on, uh, there you can rent them. And, I mean, all that to say is, like, I, I'm, I'm glad that I've been able to find some cool lore over the years um, on streaming. Um, and I don't know how well some of the ones that I really like would have played in theater, but and I think, you know, but then again, our experiences in theaters can often, you know, impact how we view a film. You know, my favorite movie of the year is Bo's Afraid, and I saw that film in the theater and loved it. I don't know if I would love it as much sitting at home where I could take a break, right? And like, you know, and instead, you know, you're in the theater and you you have no choice but to watch. You can't well, I think, there's, I think there's certain kinds of horror, and, and I think a lot of Halloween horror, Halloween horror kind of falls falls into the category of like an event film where like you want to see it with a crowd that's like maybe it's scary maybe it's not scary but the crowd is like reacting with you you know that's one like, of the best things right a collective a collective gasp or, or or you know you know cheering when the a villain gets theirs or whatever it's um i think that's i think that's important to a certain kind of horror um absolutely uh, other other horror um you know a lot of found footage for me um your your vhs's or or um uh things like that um i think are actually better at home um i've i've seen the vhs movies in theaters and they hit they hit different um on a big screen like they don't they're less immersive that way because they're not really meant to evoke that that uh they're meant to like be watched on a laptop, right, or or on a uh, um, on a, a small screen anyway. Um, yeah, and yeah. you know, viewing movies at home, like uh, I watched uh, Robert Eggers's uh, The Witch mm. at, at home, yeah. and it's it's a beautiful movie. I would have loved to see it mm. in the theater, but yeah. just viewing it in a bubble in isolation after I was done watching that, I had to leave mm-hmm. the house because <laughs> yeah, it, it really just kind of stuck with me, and yeah. uh, I don't know how that would have. Like, I don't know how that would have played in a theater. Yeah, it would have stuck with you because I saw it in the theater. I saw it in the theater. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I tried watching it a second time at home, and I found it so oppressive I had to turn it off, which was a sign of a good film because it. Yeah, yeah. He does that right. Like all of his movies, um, no matter where you see them, um, uh, it's it's uh, they they close in on you. The lighthouse is yeah, the same that, way. The, oh, the lighthouse uh, is yeah, super yeah, impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, isn't mm-hmm. the lighthouse they, is shot in a not... weird aspect ratio, isn't it? Sorry? The, the lighthouse is shot in a weird aspect ratio, isn't it? Like it's isn't it four three or mm, something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like so it does and black and white. Of, yeah. yeah. It has that mm-hmm. kind of boxy feel. So Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, on that well, impressive note. Yeah. <laughs> Feeling boxed in by this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we're, all in our, we're all in our little <laughs> boxes here. Yeah. So I think yeah. I think we I think we did what we set out to do. Uh, closing thoughts, anybody? Any other recommendations you just want to shoot off the hip before we uh, we all go our separate ways? And- Suspiria nineteen seventy seven is equal is or superior to the remake in every single way. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go uh, the the um one that people haven't 
probably heard about, but again, if you talk to me for any period of time, is uh, The Loved Ones by by Sean Byrne. <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, a great time. It is also in one of my top five movies uh, of any genre. Um, uh, it's, a uh, again, a, a, a movie about uh, a young woman who, who can't form relationships and uh and and takes things in your own hands and and i'll i'll say nothing more than that but um uh it's it's a solid recommendation for me all right andy <laughs> what you got you're on the spot uh if we're recommending anything then i'll recommend my favorite horror film of all time which is the shining right. um that is in any time of year film for me and uh yeah it's probably my second favorite film of all time so fantastic go watch that all right. Well, uh, that's all we got for you right now. Happy Halloween, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. And we will be back with another podcast, hopefully pretty soon.